0: you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths in particular sally hardesty and her invalid brother franklin it is all the more tragic in that they were young but had they lived very very long lives they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day for them an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare the events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of american history this is finally that movie. And 47 takes later, you think I've made John Larroquette proud?
1: Um, no. No.
0: Not no, no not
1: later. even in the slightest. Yeah, I, I know. You should, you should feel ashamed of yourself. I, shame. I mean, even more ashamed of us recording this episode in the first place. You know, it, it took us a long time to get
0: to this episode. <laughs>
1: It did. I mean, when we were watching um, Dr. Wofila's review earlier, he said that he felt like an asshole for even covering it. And I'm I'm like, if he can do it and he thinks he's an asshole, what does that make us? Like subterranean?
0: It makes us a double asshole. (laughs) A double asshole. (laughs) The
1: scum of the asshole. (laughs) Anyway, yeah.
0: well, I just because he covered it. and are scum
1: he, between my toes.
0: And Doc knows all things Chainsaw Massacre. And uh, I, I recently listened to Pod Mortem cover this movie. And Jesus, they do their research.
1: Yeah, they they know what Toby Hooper they, had for breakfast that morning. They do.
0: <laughs> On day one, he had bacon and eggs. <laughs> I'm yeah. making fun, but they seriously do a ton of research on these
1: Yeah, things. I'm like, I'm like, why do we even, oh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Dewey Cox whenever they told him he was going to perform after Elvis or that he was going to perform after the Big Bopper,
0: and right. he's like,
1: how am I going to follow that?
0: <laughs> that's not where I thought you were going with that. Oh, what? I thought you were going to tell people I got to think about my whole life before <laughs> I I
1: mean, that's fair.
0: <laughs> also true. How did I get to this place? <laughs>
1: But let's let's get on topic here. We digress.
0: <laughs> so we're covering Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: <laughs> we're finally, finally getting around to handing out our last two Easter eggs, as we talked about last week. Um, so uh, this one, I can't, I can't remember who the first Easter eggs were even to anymore. It's been that long but it's been a minute yeah it's it's been a minute but I do remember when we discussed handing out these last two as we intended we were like oh Sid has to get one absolutely has to get one so um we hope we don't completely suck at this but again it's 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 a thank you from both of us you know um Dr. Wolfila has been a great friend to this show um oh my gosh like we have literally well maybe not Travis I think Travis is still Little bit new to the channel, but uh, I have been, me and Aiden have been watching his channel since Aiden was like in single digit age, and I think Sid was probably 17, 18 years old when he started his channel, so I think that's like 11 or 12 years now he's had it, so long fucking time (laughs) we've been watching his channel. the The amount that he went through to cover that episode in particular, yeah, it's really hard to follow up, so we're gonna do our best <laughs> we've got a we've got our big plate of head cheese right here in the middle of us, so you know we're gonna do our best
0: so by doing our best, what she means is we're gonna talk shit for about an hour yeah <laughs> And then we're going to say bye.
1: An hour? Usually you're like, all right, you need to wrap this up. We've talked about it a long time. Yeah, now.
0: it's about 30 minutes in. I'm like, all right, we got to play. <laughs> it's too much.
1: We got shit to do. It's
0: time, it's time to wrap this up. You're embarrassing yourself. Stop it. <laughs> no, but... um, Okay, spoilers. Let's just, just say spoilers now. Because I yeah. have no control over the shit that comes out of my mouth. And I might say... <laughs> God knows what. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of spoilers.
1: Yeah. So if you are absolutely insane and have never watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original film, not that 2022 bullshit on Netflix and certainly not anything that came, I would say, after the remake, then do yourself a favor. Please check it out. You can find so many streaming services that have it for free. Some of them you have to have ads. Some of them you don't. I, I think if you're on Freevee on Prime, there's ads. But if you have like an AMC Plus subscription or Shudder, I think... Um To Be. They one of those guys usually have it somewhere. So Google
0: it and look at the where can I watch it? tab and it'll tell you where you can watch it. Oh, yeah.
1: Because as I stated last week, this is not one of Travis's favorite films, um, but it is one of mine. However, it didn't start out that way. It was not love at first sight with this film for me. So I think um, because this isn't a movie I grew up with when I was a kid riding on school bus and stuff. I remember kids talking about it and saying the whole spiel about Oh, it's based on a true story and all that, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god, like we're fucking insane here," you know. Which I mean is fair, but then these kids also thought that One-Eyed Willie from the Goonies was real and thought that Hannibal Lecter was real. So, I, you know, like ten-year-old kids, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. School bus kids, what are you gonna do?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know why anybody <laughs> thought that this was ever a true story
1: because i I know they
0: say that it was and they marketed it as that but there are no guns in this movie so it can't be a true story (laughs) in texas
1: right and we will get to that somebody (laughs) would have had a shotgun yes i was gonna say we will we will get to that um I think that that's all spanning just from that Ed Gein stuff. You know, I, I, Ed Gein obviously inspired a lot of books and film, you know, Robert Block doing Psycho. And then, of course, Hitchcock making that movie. And then, of course, Silence of the Lambs exists. And I'm sure there's many others that came in that wake, too, where they were all inspired by that.
0: I understand that I'm supposed to recognize all the things that you just said. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
1: That's why I'm the nerd in this relationship. Yeah.
0: No, I figure it was kind of, um, who was that director, like, way long time ago? Like, in the 50s, I think. That they would say that the the movies were true, and they'd put up weird signs, like, it, at the theaters when they did the releases. Like, it's too scary, and I put think you're, vomit bags in the seats. And I think you're you know thinking I mean? about
1: William Castle. Yeah, they and did, I, like,
0: the hardcore marketing stuff. Yeah, that's I don't think... what that felt like for Chainsaw.
1: I don't think that he ever said anything was true. Well, maybe. But he wanted to make the films, like, a 4D-type experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, where there was buzzers in the seats and there would right. be ghosts on strings flying around the theater,
0: that kind this of just stuff. It feels like they used a, a similar tactic. Right. You know, to draw interest or, or whatever. But
1: Well, it, it's so funny, you know, um, bringing up original cinematic that we were lucky enough to have a cameo in their film recently. You and I got to go out for an afternoon and do pickup shots and, and um, location scouting and, and all that. And I remember thinking, wow, this must be what Toby Hooper. Did you know there was something very guerrilla filmmaking about it? About you know, getting to and shooting locations where you don't necessarily have permission to go, but it's like, fuck it, we're making a movie. Let's, I don't know.
0: They were <laughs> they were a lot different about that than I was. I don't know. Like, what I was about right over there, and they're like, well, there's a fence. I'm like, I climbed that fucking fence?
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. They they were like, well, it's proper, Bleah. that's private property. Yeah. And Travis I was, was like, like, hey,
0: there's a pond back there. Well, it's how do fence. you know there's a pond back there? Well, I went back there, but there's a fence. No, there's three, and I climbed all of them, and I'm telling you, there's a goddamn pond back there, and they were like, okay. Yeah, you, you should know in Texas, a fence won't stop anybody. It's more of a suggestion. As long as you don't get shot at, your Yes, fine.
1: Yes, um, Yeah, that's fair.
0: I have been shot at.
1: When did you get shot at? I, when I
0: was a kid. Damn. I
1: thought you guys were back there just pissing on electric fences. No. Oh, wait, no, you made your cousin do that. Yes.
0: You're so evil. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
0: my gosh. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, you will get an ass full of rock salt if you hop the wrong fence sometimes. Or at least now, they'd probably shoot you with real bullets. But back then, they'd just pepper you.
1: Really? Yeah. I mean, I climbed a lot of fences in my day, too. But I think, you know, because I lived way out in the sticks when I was a kid. And people just didn't care then. You know, it, you know. now people, well, I mean, we're included. If somebody gets in our yard, we're like, the fuck are you doing in my yard? But back then, you know, everybody knew everybody in that small town. So you could hop a fence and, you know, go pick shit out of their trees or pick up your your ball or whatever. Nobody cared.
0: Well, yeah. And where I did most of that, they knew who my dad was. They knew my grandparents. They knew who I was. It wasn't a big deal.
1: However. So much. (laughs) I have questioned whether or not any of these actors were from Texas or if Toby Hooper really thought about the way Texans actually behave. Because... A lot of what transpires in this group of five youths were not mistakes that we Utes. would ever make.
0: Five youths. Youths? Did I say youths? No, but I did. Youths, guys. My cousin Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> Two youths. So speaking of Toby Hooper, um, yeah, I didn't realize how much he'd done. He's done a lot. I haven't seen most of it, but he's done a lot. <laughs> Couple episodes of Salem's Lot on for the the TV miniseries. series. He did the Funhouse. The um, Funhouse is he did Poltergeist great. invaders from Mars. He did Chainsaw Two.
1: Yes. How did you not know he didn't do Poltergeist? Or how did you know he did Polter? How did you not know he did Poltergeist? Words.
0: Well, <laughs> let me get through the rest of these. <laughs> He did an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, an episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, the Mangler, and that was the one with Robert Englund, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's basically a dry cleaning machine that eats people, right?
1: Something like that, or industrial washing machine. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched it.
0: Yeah, he did. A, he did a lot of TV. He did yeah. a lot of TV. A Couple episodes of Masters of Horror. Uh huh. But most importantly, out of his entire filmography, um, he did the music video for Dancing with Myself by Billy Idol.
1: I mean, that's that's pretty cool.
0: I mean, it's probably <laughs> the most important thing you ever did
1: are you being an ass right now intentionally
0: no yeah yeah i am all right so here's the here's the reason i did not know that toby hooper did poltergeist
1: oh i already know the answer to this
0: and i did not like i'd heard the thing before and then i was listening to pod mortem actually review poltergeist i was
1: gonna say do not get travis hunter started on this because he will go
0: off he loves spielberg (laughs) don't sue us Um, (laughs) either of you (laughs) But I guess Renee had asked JP, when you watch Poltergeist, does it feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or does it feel like E.T.? Right. It's fucking E.T. with ghosts. That's all it is. I mean... And I had always assumed that was a Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it's a fucking Spielberg movie. It looks like a Spielberg movie.
1: Because he took it away from him. He did.
0: Toby Hooper's movies are a little dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not dirty in a perverted kind of way. They're just...
1: <laughs> Damn. Maybe in a
0: perverted kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> But they're, they're, they're a lot more raw, you know, yeah, Spielberg yeah. shit's always really polished and look at the size of my budget.
1: Yeah. And um, and it almost always feels like a family film. It does. So. There's
0: usually a little more comedy. The scares are kind of soft. I mean,
1: you know. I mean, unless you're talking Jaws. Jaws is good.
0: Don't get me wrong. But yeah, even Jaws. If you, if you put Jaws in another director's hands, there's going to be blood and shit everywhere.
1: Right. Don't talk shit about Jaws. I'm not talking You'll shit about Kent Jaws. You'll make Kent cry.
0: I'm not going to make Kent cry on purpose (laughs) but anyway yeah yeah so toby hooper did this and it's good it kind of surprises me that i haven't seen more of the stuff that he's done
1: did you just say this is good after you told me last week i really don't think i like that movie that much (laughs) (laughs) and we're backpedaling
0: (laughs) i told you i would be nice (laughs) you did i told you i would be nice about this movie
1: (laughs) you did (laughs) but not to me
0: (laughs) no not to you, in private. I'll say whatever I want to about this movie, but today, doing it for Doc, I'm gonna be nice about this movie. <laughs> anyway, and Kim Hankel wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got quite a bit of stuff under his belt too. Kind of impressive. Um, most of it's chainsaw. <laughs> I think he wrote every fucking chainsaw movie. He even wrote a short called Jason versus Leatherface, which they should have made a full-length deal out of that.
1: Should they?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got Freddy know. versus Jason. Why can't we have Jason versus Leatherface? Dude,
1: that's my point. Okay. <laughs> Not that I have anything against Freddy versus Jason. I just... Well, yeah, I have a few things against
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. I'm just saying... Uh,
1: so can you recall the first time you watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Not Master? even close. I didn't think so. No.
0: so. I'm sure it was your fault.
1: I've got to tell my embarrassing story right quick. Admittedly, I did not love it the first time I saw it. Um, I, I think I bought it at a bought the DVD at a thrift store or garage sale or or something like that. And I was like, oh, cool. I've never seen this before. So I'm going to get it. And I sat down alone at night, right in front of the TV, was like, okay, I'm getting all geared up for this. After the film was over, I had the biggest migraine I had ever had in my life because I did not put on this film expecting for the last third to be nothing but screaming from that point on. And I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, stop screaming. Please just stop screaming. And so I turned it off and I'm like, I did not have a great experience with this. And then, you know, you get older, you get wiser. And I tried it again, knowing in the back of my mind, I didn't have a good experience with it and was suddenly like what the fuck is the matter with me this movie is brilliant so after that you know it's it's obviously one of my favorites too yeah yeah.
0: so i guess last crew member that i kind of want to call out before we go on is the cinematographer here uh daniel pearl Mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna lie i was pretty critical of the cinematography in this film
1: what's there is nothing wrong with the cinematography it's
0: very simple so how
1: do you you figure okay
0: because i because dean cundy did halloween oh um, my god and that's like a master class and this is how you shoot a fucking movie but in this movie i noticed there's just a lot of like smash cuts you know what i mean it just like from one scene to another and it's like a lot of back and forth i don't remember seeing a ton of tracking shots or anything yes like there are there's some not,
1: brilliant tracking but shots they're really short
0: you know what i mean no. it's like the camera's mounted in the corner of the room and it just follows someone across or they're running at you know towards the end of the film. And it's like the camera's just moving with the character and then we cut and we go to the next one and they're moving with the camera and it's just back and forth.
1: Okay, so my argument to that, and for instance, I'm thinking of this, the shot where the camera is following and I'm forgetting her name. I I cannot remember the other girl's name apart from Sally, which is awful. I feel like I want to say Pam, but I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> but it's, the shot where it's following her and her red little booty shorts up to the house, right. that sweeping shot is fantastic. And there's a reason people I'm rip that off. I just saying
0: there's not a lot of that in this film. I'm not saying there's not some, what would you call it, an iconic shot.
1: That is the iconic shot.
0: But it's the only one in the movie. No. So, you anyway, are you're not going to win done? this fight, are dude. You done?
1: <laughs> and the colors of the film, it it I just feel like it what he did captured
0: the Texas mood. Listen, I'm trying to make a sandwich here. <laughs> okay? This just even
1: makes sense.
0: It's a compliment sandwich. I learned it from Pod Mortem. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> this was his first feature film ever.
1: Okay, so that makes it more impressive.
0: I know. That's So the, you just
1: shut your whore mouth
0: in. That's part of the sandwich. <laughs> really it's it's more like avocado toast. <laughs> right, cuz there's not more bread. Um, yeah, this was his very first film. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that makes a lot more sense now, right? Right. Um. But the, he basically did music videos after that.
1: That's really kind of sad. I mean, I know he went back and did the remake, which he, the work on that is also did. fantastic. he
0: didn't do other movies, but the dude did a shitload of music videos. Mm-hmm. And if you watch a music video, they're cut like this. And I realize it's got as much to do with the editing as the cinematography, but where it's just like a scene and then a scene and then a scene and then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of fast cuts because you get a lot of those in this film. That's how they do do it but i mean he did do full moon high um which we've never seen no i've never seen um but yeah he did uh every breath you take by the police song about stalking yeah after
1: making a movie about a guy stalking Absolutely. seems legit
0: he also did joanna by cool and the gang and most Ooh, i love that song he did the music video for it and most importantly he did dancing with myself by billy idol
1: how many times are you gonna mention that
0: huh i don't know it depends on how many people from this movie fucking worked on that music video <laughs> apparently they all did everybody did there's nothing I wonder if Kim Hinkle wrote it (laughs) 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 he didn't don't quote me but yeah anyway i don't know i pay more attention to cinematography now than i did when we first started that because you used to and i go oh the cinematography and i'm like yeah they used a camera but (laughs) but now i actually pay attention to it and i'm like these are the shots in this one are just not as complex as some of the other films that we've seen maybe that's where i'm going with that
1: well i mean they
0: don't seem as complicated as some of the ones we've seen but goddamn, if this is his first movie good job dude
1: and they were kids these were a bunch of kids getting together and and those are all the best stories right like like sam ramey and in in a fuck i'm losing my mind okay. ashley Hang
0: on. <laughs> bruce Campbell. there we go toby hooper was born in 1943 so he would have been in his 30s he was not a kid
1: well in the grand scheme of life they were young people
0: all right fine <laughs> fine
1: fine i'm just saying
0: <laughs> just do everything you want to do
1: i mean that's the way it works <laughs> But I don't know. There's just, I think part of the reason I look at it so lovingly now is that it just encapsulates that feeling. I mean, because how many times have you and I throughout our lives been on some back Texas road and been like, I would never want to get stranded here. This is fucking creepy.
0: Well, you remember I used to tell you that the reason Bear Grylls never came and did a survival show in Texas is because you can't.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: But she's not a real person. Yeah. We were watching that. One day in London was like, He's not real
1: <laughs> She oh my he's god not a
0: re- she wrote him a letter <laughs> to tell him, him a that he was not a real person.
1: <laughs> because he ate a lizard and she was like, He's disgusting and that was not a lizard, that was it was a snake because it was a this weird lizard didn't have legs or something and she was like, That's not a lizard, that's a snake and I'm gonna write him a letter and I'm gonna tell him he's not real <laughs> I yeah.
0: I so wish we would have sent that to him. But to be fair, she was what, like five or six? Something. She was little. She was little yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even real.
1: But anyway, no, like in our travels, because we have traveled a lot through the state of Texas, um... And have we to have to get anywhere. We have been in many of those situations where we got a flat tire. Like, I, I remember one of our first dates, we just got a wild hair and decided to drive to Louisiana and then right somewhere between the Texas and Louisiana border, I think, or was it Texas and Arkansas?
0: Texas and Louisiana.
1: I thought, I thought so. I thought so. Logan Sport. And we got a flat tire in the middle of the fucking night. And I remember there was a blood moon that night. And so you were kind of already nervous about that. And then we had people like pulling up asking if they needed for help. And they may have been good Samaritans. But I remember you were like, no. I
0: was like, you need to fuck right off. You
1: just drive on. (laughs)
0: No, oh, my grand my grandpa, he was like super, super superstitious. I fucked that up. He was really superstitious about that stuff. So when I was a kid, he'd tell me weird ass stories. Yeah. So every time one comes up, I'm like, what if he wasn't just a crazy old man? See, so you're not, that's not limited to us Mexicans. No.
1: Oh, okay, cool. No,
0: white people do weird shit too. <laughs>
1: Why people (laughs) but anyway no um we actually we have taken this trip a couple of times now kind of spread out with a few years between where we went to the filming locations of the original film and the remake just you know we're like oh my god this is only like a three hour this is a day trip we can go do this and we loved it so much, we repeated the trip again. Unfortunately, we have not been to the original gas station. We've been to the remake gas station. Right, right.
0: Um, I don't know that the one for the, I don't know if the original is still standing. Yes, it,
1: it is. is. It's it? a bed and breakfast now. And um, shout out to Allison. She has been dying to drive from Maryland down here so that she and I can take that same road it takes trip like together. two
0: weeks. Well, probably not. But
1: no, not really. It takes no, a long fucking time. No, like in that, in that gas station, it's like packed with horror memorabilia and not limited to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And she's been dying to go. I've been dying to go. I don't know why we don't go
0: back. Well, now we did go to the original house. We the, did. The, the house that's in this film is not in its original location. No. Um, it's been relocated to Kingsland mm-hmm. and it is a restaurant now.
1: Yeah, it's about a three hour drive for us, I yeah. think.
0: So... Just to put it in context, driving three hours to get somewhere to go see something in Texas is not that big a deal if you're not from here. But I understand that for most people, if you drive three hours, you're in another state. Right. Maybe two states over. Yeah. Um, but here it's just like, ah, let's go today. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a spur of the moment day trip sort of thing.
1: Now, I but will say if you're going there expecting like the best food you've ever had in your life, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Now, you're just going
0: to get diner food. You're going to get some <laughs> crazy stuff. The food's not bad. We should probably not talk about them like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm. I'm just but saying. You can also get a Leatherface lemonade, which will get you fucked up because it's got all kinds thank, of. Thank in you it.
1: for stepping on my next comment. Well,
0: you stepped on. I'm one
1: telling it. Gary. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> anyway yeah i was gonna say if you're going for like cuisine you're not gonna find that there it's just place where people hang out to get together with friends and drink and you're ultimately going more for the experience the atmosphere the ambiance because even though it's turned into a restaurant there's still a tiny bit of creep factor there just knowing where you're sitting and then you know while you're waiting for your food or drink they'll let you wander the fucking house
0: yeah you you've got kind of free reign of it
1: yeah so we if you go upstairs then you can see grandpa sitting in his chair which i went and made out with him a little bit and (laughs) and yeah and you go to drink because yeah the Leatherface lemonade is is pretty bomb so i i would recommend it to anybody It's, it's absolutely a fun trip they've got memorabilia um Oh, what do you call it? They got production stills all yeah, over I was the walls. They got like
0: stock photos and stuff. Up yeah, there.
1: they've got merchandise you can buy. You know, I've I've got a tank top that I bought from there and stickers and yeah, it w- it was a good time. We it's loved a, it. It's a neat
0: little place. Yeah. to go check it out.
1: Yeah, and then they've got um, train cars there that you can actually stay in for yeah, the night, totally which
0: is really cool too. Not related to the
1: film. No, at it's all. it's it's not, but it's it's still a neat thing. Like, hey, I want to come hang out at this place, and then I'm going to sleep in a train car for the night, which we haven't done, but it still sounds like a good time.
0: Sounds like a fun time to do not in the summer because I don't remember seeing air conditioners mounted on any of those right (laughs) so if you did that right now you'd die
1: oh yeah yeah for sure but just going through these filming locations place to place they're not close to each other no like you may have to drive an hour to get to another filming location in that area it's nothing but cornfield and just vastness of nothing. So there is a little bit of a creep factor here of I would not want to get stranded here. Yeah, you.
0: There's places we're down, because I mean, we've driven probably on the same roads that they were driving on in this film. Right, right. And uh, you're either waiting for Leatherface to come out or a bunch of very blonde children <laughs> <laughs> to come wandering out of the corn. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's neat. It's a neat deal. Yeah. If you're ever in Texas, go check it out.
1: And and I think uh Travis is probably with me on this. Allison, you ever make it down this way, we'll fucking go. Sid, you ever want to drive down to Texas, we will take you. Like we we love it. It's a great time. So yep. anyway, are we gonna talk and, about and this? We only movie have yet?
0: to trespass a little bit. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. <laughs>
1: Not if you want to go to the remake house. Shit, they'll shoot you on site. They have signs telling you that.
0: Yes, and cameras <laughs> and people hiding in the corn. <laughs> by the road which is just jesus guys
1: i didn't hide in the corner i was brave i oh, no, to- i'm
0: talking about the people that are waiting to shoot you if you oh climb the fence
1: <laughs> i was gonna say i sat there in in the car and hauled out my camera and very stealthily not very stealthily but uh yeah took some yeah. photos
0: <laughs> but that's not this house that is the yes the house that is the remake, remake house yeah so. anyway we got way off topic
1: i know aren't you the one telling me get on with it
0: yeah pretty much all every day <laughs> My life. Uh, but no, I f- I, f- I appreciate the fact that they uh, filmed it here, which Daniel Pearl, he went to school at UTA. Mm-hmm. So that's where he got all his degrees and shit. That's cool. Before he moved to California. So that's kind of cool. He's yeah. not from here. He was from New York. But yeah, um, I liked it that they kept it local. Something very Robert Rodriguez about that.
1: Right. I love that. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. And it looks like they really did it in the summer.
1: Oh, yeah, they did. They did do it in the summer.
0: It Because they, they look miserable. The pain on sally hardesty's face by the time she runs for three years and jumps in the back of that truck that's real pain
1: (laughs) yeah i was we were talking about this earlier and we're watching and i'm like there is no possible way i could run as long as sally did because i run like the winded (laughs) not the wind the winded
0: (laughs) right and Gunnar hansen because he's not
1: yeah he's not a small guy not a
0: small dude And he was wearing all that shit and chasing her around, carrying a chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, Which was real for the most part. It may not have had a chain on it, but... I just, you know,
1: I I was praising um, the performances earlier, but the thing is... I don't know that how much of that was really acting, you know,
0: that could have been just complete exhaustion and misery.
1: Yeah. I mean, being in the heat, having some maniac chasing you with the chainsaw. I mean, the the conditions had to have been awful, not to mention, you know, as we have heard that house just stunk to high heaven with all the dead shit yeah. in there, because those are real bones right. in that house. And then you throw chickens into the mix. Like, yeah, it had to have been
0: awful. Yeah, I can't. The stench in that house must have been awful. And I don't, when did they stop using real bones for stuff? Because even in Poltergeist, which was made a few years after the fact, uh, those were real bones at the end in the pool or whatever.
1: Well, maybe I was that just made me think of Return of the Living Dead when he was going on about where we used to get our bones. Maybe it's that whole thing about not being able to get bones where shipped to us anymore. Where all skeletons
0: with perfect teeth. yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, who knows.
0: But I don't know. I mean, at some point they, I guess they made the decision that probably we shouldn't use real human remains for this, but yeah, back in the 70s it was just a fucking free for all.
1: I just think it's more fun that way.
0: It was just it was a <laughs> steel cage match every time. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make this movie.
1: I just I just Some of
0: you may time. <laughs> But that's a risk we're willing to take.
1: <laughs> I just think that it really lends to the authenticity of it. And I, I think that's why so many people thought, oh my God, this is real. This is a documentary. We're This is like some serious cannibal holocaust shit and we're really watching people get murdered here is because of the way they shot that. That it, it really, and as gritty as it is, it there are a lot of scenes that look very real.
0: So if you go back to the early 70s when this was made right Mm -hmm. there's there's no social media there's no internet um all the phones still had cords on them yes they had cords on them they were attached to the wall
1: rotary phones
0: yeah you had to (laughs) spin a wheel to dial a number god i'm old
1: (laughs) i was gonna say you hear that kids there was a time we did we had landlines (laughs) walked
0: walked to school in the snow uphill both ways and like and, Aiden
1: said, I bought my house with a pint of raspberries. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I can see back at, in, in that time, right, before before the world got smaller with the invention of the internet, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, people could go see this movie. The misery on screen was real. If they marketed it as this is a thing that really happened, I can see why people bought it then. Yeah. it's hard. You can't sell that shit now. You know what I mean?
1: Well, shit, even if you go but, to the 90s and look at... You know, they used the same marketing tactic for the Blair Witch Witch Project. Project. And people in the 90s were still taking that shit real, even though we did have the internet. And I mean, provided it was in its infancy, but...
0: Yeah, but they used that to their own advantage because they had a website for it. Like, right. Like, you could go to the website yeah. to try to kind of continue to push that agenda that it was a real film. But, I mean, we can poke fun at it now that it's people thought it was real. <laughs> but, right. I mean, at the time when it was released, um, with what you were talking about, the conditions that they were filming under, a lot of that misery, those tears were real tears probably. Yeah. In some some instances. Yeah, I can see why people would believe it.
1: And imagine what that poor, those poor actresses were going through, where they ha- were having to scream over and over and over. I would imagine at a certain point, those screams were real because they were just she's going to get exhausted. She <laughs> said, "What? Did you just quote Pitch Perfect?" Yeah. Just stop. I'm gonna make you sleep on the couch.
0: <laughs> I get my best naps in all. the couch.
1: <laughs> so do i so it's not really
0: so i didn't really lose it's not really
1: punishment is
0: it he's really loser now (laughs) all right all right moving on we've fucked around long enough yes so we talked about uh, director writer guy with a camera all right so
1: (laughs) dp cinematographer
0: DP. That means something else in other places. Oh my god, Bill Um, is
1: going to kill you. He taught you all about this stuff. He did. (laughs) You even got to get
0: he taught me about the film version of DP, (laughs) (laughs) not
1: Oh right. That would have been is his name Michael? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that uh that actually, you know, was the DP and showed you how to at some
0: point we have to talk about that. Yeah. we're in a movie i did my own stunts there you go we did talk about the movie last uh, week nah, but we, sh- we didn't really go into like awesome detail about it so anyway marilyn burns plays sally she's our main character and final girl premature to say that she's the final girl ah, uh,
1: we there. already gave a spoiler warning
0: yeah alan danziger plays jerry he is two letters away from being awesome you take the er off and he's just danzig oh yeah yeah uh, paul partain plays franklin uh which from what i understand he not only irritated everyone in character he irritated everyone out of character as well and us and here Tastes the shit out of me um, <laughs> William Vale plays Kirk Terry McMinn is Pam You did Yay, get her name right I got that right. Job. Edwin Neal um, A.K.A. Justin Long Plays the Hitchhiker <laughs> Because Jesus There are some shots in there Where I thought That's fucking Justin Long right there And
1: I'm just gonna say
0: And I it- like Justin Long But I thought he If they ever did like a hardcore remake He totally needs to play the Hitchhiker <laughs> And
1: I'm just gonna say This is gonna be a little controversial I think Edwin Neal's the fucking goat Of
0: this movie <laughs> He's like probably my favorite character. He is the unintended comedy of this film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I think, ah, we'll get there. You know, it, it's funny. No, 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 let's just get there now. It, like, it's funny, wait? yeah. Why wait to pleasure ourselves? <laughs> Be-
1: it's funny because I remember hearing that uh, the reason Texas Chainsaw 2 came about was because Toby Hooper actually always intended this film to be a comedy, and people were like, what the fuck? This is not a comedy. However, there are a lot of comedic elements in this for me. Yeah. There, there are lines that just straight make me laugh my ass off every time.
0: Well, and somebody said... Where do we hear it? That this film was originally intended to be like a PG, PG PG-13... We heard Doc say that. ...type of movie. And that's the reason there's really not a lot of blood in it.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's that whole thing about the mind creating something more terrifying.
0: There's a lot of suspense in it. There's a lot of tension, but there's really not that much blood. Right. And I had never paid attention to that until he pointed it out.
1: Yeah, I think when Pam, you know, spoiler again, when Pam gets hung on the hook... You can see some blood splatter on the wall behind her, but it's that thing about the bucket being underneath her. You don't see anything go in there, but you know your mind puts that together.
0: And later when they come back and she's not on the hook anymore, there's residue on that hook, but it's not gory. Right. You know, I mean, you could tell that there's there's dried blood or whatever on the hook, but it's not nearly what they would go to now.
1: Right, right, exactly. Uh, there'd be
0: intestines hanging off that hook now. But I mean, I don't know. Anyway, it makes sense. And I feel like, the way edwin neal played that character you you kind of let your guard down a little bit with him in the car right i wouldn't at the beginning. go there's that a there's far. a point where he he takes it to a different level but until they haul out start start whipping their knives out until it turns <laughs> into a knife party deftones um like you kind of do you're like who's this crazy guy this is kind of fun What is the matter with you <laughs> well it's fun because i'm not in the car with it <laughs> i was gonna It's it's fun watching him do batshit crazy stuff for other people.
1: Okay, I want to talk about that real quick before we move on. When I was a kid, picking up hitchhikers was something you did not do. Um, Now, that being said, it depended on the situation. You know, like if you saw somebody that really legitimately needed help, you know, like a family's broken down and they've got little kids and all that and they're standing out in the heat. Of course, you want to pull over and say, do you need any help? Do you need me to call somebody or whatever? Lord knows I have been stuck. Stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire and had a high school buddy happen to drive by and say, hey, let me give you some help. Um, And I was always thankful for that. But I remember being told as a kid that if you were in an area where there was a mental hospital nearby. Or prison. Or a prison, absolutely do not pick up hitchhikers. Well, nobody
0: had to tell you that because they put up signs. Well,
1: I, I just remember my <laughs> mom telling me that, you know, when I was a kid, probably before I could read those signs. When dear, I,
0: no, but when I uh, when I got my driver's license, that was something my folks told me. They're like, don't ever pitch a pickup, pick up,
1: pitch. Jesus, fuck. don't ever be the pitcher, Travis. Fucking, a.
0: <laughs> always be the catcher. Um, how did we get there?
1: <laughs> Threatening you with a good time?
0: <laughs> don't tease me. <laughs>
1: And he's lost. <laughs> I
0: was just thinking Lala. I
1: was just saying, you're thinking about Lala again, Lala's aren't you? sending
0: me pictures of Tom Selleck teasing me with a good time. Anyway. What the? F- now, now I got to get back on track. Oh, I missed anyway, this. They, they were like, every every hitchhiker you will ever see is a serial killer, so don't ever pick one.
1: Right, me. yeah, exactly.
0: But... Same thing. I mean, if you see somebody that's clearly stuck, you know what I mean. Eh, you pull over and try to help. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. But anyway, uh, Jim Seidel plays old man. That's Seidel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He plays old man. That's that's <laughs> his. They were just like, fuck it, he's old.
1: Yeah, I don't know that we ever find out gonna, they're the
0: Sawyers until part two. We're not gonna give him a name. He's just an old man. Gunnar Hansen plays Leatherface, John Duggan Duggan? Dugan. Dugan plays Grandfather, which didn't they say he was like the youngest cast yes. member? Yes. <sighs> yeah. Robert Corton plays the window washer. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of these are like cowboy, cattle truck driver. Yeah, I'm
1: done. The the, the weird man laying on his back with a bottle of Shiner Bock, <laughs> talking about I see things. That's
0: Joe Bill Hogan. <laughs> There's them that laughs and knows better. (laughs) I don't even know what that means.
1: I don't either, but it it was ominous and I was there
0: for it. But at any rate, our primary characters are Sally, Jerry, Franklin, Kirk, Pam, and the Hitchhiker. And really Leatherface. Um, Old man. Wow,
1: you're not not even going to give Franklin a shout out?
0: I I said Franklin. Oh, I was like, I was was waiting for you to be like, no, he
1: doesn't deserve one. No, he really doesn't.
0: (laughs) He, they should have just pushed him down that hill. We they c- shouldn't have waited for the truck. We kid.
1: Line. We kid. <laughs> but, you know, anybody named Franklin or Shelly, <laughs> you know, we have zero tolerance for.
0: <laughs> he is the Seth Rogen of this movie.
1: You know what? You're exactly curly hair away from being Seth Rogen, so maybe you better be nice. I will
0: never have curly hair. <laughs> you know this. But, yeah. All right, let's get into the movie. <laughs>
1: All right, so we already kind of talked about first time watching it. Um,
0: Actually, we just talked about how I don't remember it. Yeah. Neither do um, you.
1: <laughs> so what do you think about the story as a whole? Because ultimately, there this isn't a deep story. There's not, I mean, th- yes, there's a plot, but there's not really any deep story here. It's... I mean, Toby Hooper has said that it had, he had something to say about the treatment of food that we eat. And I, I can't help but wonder if how many people it turned away. You know, did Rob Zombie become a vegan after watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre? But
0: you're giving someone too much credit. I'm just not <laughs> sure who it is that you're giving too much credit.
1: <laughs> no, but you, you really, I've God, I wanted to think that PETA advocated for this movie. I want to think that I heard that somewhere
0: people eating tasty animals oh
1: my god do not start
0: (laughs) don't act like you didn't have a hamburger for lunch (laughs) I know I was thinking (laughs) don't even try
1: we were talking about Bill earlier I was like I don't know how Bill doesn't eat red meat because this is delicious
0: and they've never had brisket from here. They've only had it from up there.
1: Yeah. For the record, we eat cattle and not people, so you can you can rest assured that we're not we're not crazy.
0: You've never had a people brisket?
1: I've never had a people brisket, but well, I have heard it's tasty. We'll fix that. <laughs> You know, it's strange. I don't know that they really, I mean, I guess it would have had to have come with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 where they blatantly point out that they're eating people, putting people in their chili, which was always the story I heard on the school bus was that they grind people up and turn them to chili. But I don't really, I I mean, I purposely looked through this movie when we were watching it to see if there was something that alluded to them being cannibals. And I just didn't pick that up.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like there's the dinner table scene where they're going to hit her on the head and bleed her in a bucket. hmm Right. That's like slaughtering an animal. Right. But they don't ever explicitly come out and say it. It's just sort of implied.
1: Well, there's the scene in the gas station when she thinks she's rescued. She does have that that really long look at that meat case where everything's like rotissifying <laughs> I don't know if that's a word
0: it's a rotisserie
1: <laughs> and I know but the act of rotisserie something but she does look at it and there is a little bit of an ominous kind of hold on that shot yeah. but I still don't know that it's says that I-
0: I don't know how relevant that like how meaningful was that supposed to be was it just her like seeing meat and being disgusted by it I don't I don't know I
1: because I the way I saw that shot you don't see
0: anybody chewing on a foot in in this film
1: (laughs) the way I saw that shot was when something terrible happens and you kind of have that is this real moment and so you can't help but notice the things around
0: you like like. bam's mom and the alligator
1: (laughs) well no I was thinking more of like the walking dead when Rick realized as his family's gone, and he takes that moment and just looks at his hands and says, "Is this real?" You yeah. know, like if she's just looking around the items in the room, being like, "You know," it, it for me, it made for a very surreal moment of the film. It did.
0: It did. It's one of those where it's like something happens, and you you suddenly question, "Am I on drugs?" <laughs> Am I, on, am I on drugs right now? Did I do like a shitload of peyote and I don't even remember that? Um, I don't know. But again, yeah, they were, I heard that, that they were making a statement, but there's nothing that explicitly states it. And once you get past that initial van conversation about the, lit, the, the slaughtering down. of yeah. cattle and all that stuff, unless you're going to look at it like the Sawyers are treating these kids like their cattle, yeah, then that message is kind of lost mm-hmm. because they don't ever bring it up again. Again, you've got the dinner scene where they're going to, I guess, slaughter her and presume Eat her, but they never say that they're going to.
1: Well, the only thing I can come up with is the fact of when they cut her finger and put it in Grandpa's mouth and he's sucking her blood. Maybe that's what alludes to that, but. I, I don't maybe, know.
0: Maybe. maybe I don't know. He doesn't look like he's on a solid food diet anyway, though.
1: But I think that there's also something to say, especially in the van scene where they're talking about how they put the cattle down. And the hitchhiker is talking about, you know, this way with the guns puts people out of jobs. And so I wondered if that, it was trying to say something there, too, that people will do what they need to in order to survive. And I think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning kind of hit that nail more on the head more, you know, where he was talking about we'll never have to starve again. But this one, it's, if it is being said, it's very subtle. And I actually respect it a little bit more for that.
0: It is. And it, it does kind of highlight that people will, people will find a way to justify the suffering of anyone or anything to meet their own needs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes you wonder if he read The Jungle that was written by a person, but it's about <laughs> the horrors of the meatpacking industry. I just can't remember who the author's name is. So
1: yeah, I we very very briefly
0: several years ago went vegan. No, you went vegan. You and just inf- ate it and inflicted it on everyone <laughs> else. It was like, I've got this smallpox, and I'm going to give it to all of you.
1: (laughs) Because I watched a documentary on how animals are treated in order to feed us, and suddenly the questionable meat in our Taco Bell beef and chicken nuggets didn't seem so bad anymore. I'm like, well, I may be eating something mystery, but at least a small little defenseless animal didn't have to die to do it.
0: Unless the mystery is what little defenseless animal died to make (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. And don't even what? get me started on lunch meat and hot dogs. What's so it,
0: what sound did that animal make before it became a nugget?
1: Oh gosh. It's it was awful. It was the most horrendous thing that I had ever watched before, especially what they did with with chicks. Not women like little actual baby chicks. Um and so yeah, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. We have to we have to change the way we're eating. And eh, it didn't last long. I, I'm I'm ashamed to admit it did not last long no, at all.
0: It didn't. It didn't.
1: Cheese is cheese. I'm well, sorry. All, all the yeast flakes in the world is
0: not real cheese. <laughs> have you ever seen what they do to dairy cows?
1: No, and okay. I don't want to, but I, you, growing up in Texas, again, I have watched several animals get slaughtered. Um, why I was subjected to that, I still don't know, because uh, we had we had like, it wasn't exactly a farm, but we did slaughter some of our own animals. We raised um, pigs, we raised chickens. Um, We never had cattle. um, And we never had deer, but there was deer hunting. And so I have this very vivid memory in my head of walking out on the back porch and watching my uncle slaughter a deer, like cutting it, you know, groin to sternum. And, oh, man, let me tell you. And then, of course, in a Mexican family, it is not uncommon to, if you're an old school Mexican family, let me preface this, to walk into your kitchen and see the head of a cow or a pig sitting on the sink. I also have very vivid memories of my sister and I sitting on the floor helping my granny clean chickens. We may or may not have had a talon fight that same day.
0: (laughs) I feel to see how this is relevant.
1: (laughs) No, I'm I'm just saying like, people have always done what they've needed to to survive and yeah sometimes the truth is ugly
0: yeah no i, I agree with that there's something to be said for the humane treatment of animals though i mean if you got to eat it to live that's that's fine but i don't necessarily agree with some of the farming practices that go on out there.
1: no and we are definitely not advocates for hunting for sport
0: no definitely not
1: no and, I, and i'm not going to say i've never been fishing in my life because you know ever i think everybody has at least once but the this big game hunting and, and and doing it just so you can have a trophy on your wall i have never advocated for that i don't understand it i'm like in that scene in ace ventura when nature calls when he goes into the room and all the heads are all over the wall that is pretty much my reaction to that too right <laughs> isabel won't even watch that scene
0: in the movie yeah <laughs> how did you get so far off topic i don't know i don't know we haven't done this for three months i need you to get your gps up <laughs> And find your way back to where we are.
1: Oh, it's not Dead and Married without that quote. That's right. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about the acting.
0: I We didn't even talk about the story. We
1: did talk about the story. There's not much to it, unfortunately. I mean, yes, it's a brilliant film and it's beautiful to look at. But at the end of the day, it's a simple story of kids being in the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: Yeah, but can we talk about how everyone ripped this off after the fact? Oh, hell yeah. I mean everybody want okay ugh, ugh. I don't know I don't know if I want I to go here or not all right I'm fixing to wait off in some deep water and I'm taking you with me everybody talks about how everyone ripped off Halloween right-hmm let's talk about how Halloween stacks up against chainsaw Massacre. you've got a masked I don't think killer. that's an argument you want you to have, have with a me killer that does not speak their motivations are not completely understood They slaughter a group of teens With one female survivor. Uh Uh-huh. After a brutal chase scene. Uh Uh-huh. Who ripped off who? (laughs) I don't want to really point out that Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) came first, but fuck it. I'm going to point out that this movie came first.
1: I think that's... I like
0: Halloween, but...
1: (laughs) I think that's why Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to quote... Um, Joe Bob Briggs is the grandfather of the slashers. So, what happened was, I mean, cuz you could go even further back. You could go as far back as Peeping Tom or Black Christmas or Psycho where people started it. Yes, but I feel like Toby Hooper and John Carpenter took those took those bones and perfected it. Like, I think that Texas Chainsaw took that a step further, and then John Carpenter took that and went another step further. So I think that they only improved as they went down. Unfortunately, then you have other guys going, well, I'm going to make that movie. I'm going to make that movie. I mean, because in a way, you could say even even Evil Dead ripped it off to some degree. I can,
0: but I feel like Evil Dead was sort of intended to be a parody of a sort.
1: Not that original Uh, film. the
0: second one. Yeah, but that was was
1: parodying the first
0: one. (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of people out there and they say, well, you know, there's all these films and they were all copying Halloween. Were they, though? Yeah. Like, if you really get to the bottom of that barrel, they weren't really copying Halloween. They were copying this one.
1: Yeah, except then you had people like Sean S. Cunningham that says, we're ripping off Halloween.
0: (laughs) Well, at least, no, he did the same thing everybody else did. He was just fucking honest about it. And I can can appreciate him being honest about it. Right. I'm just saying that for the birth of the slasher genre, Halloween gets probably more credit than it should get for that.
1: I'm just not talking to you, okay? That's what's happening here. But no, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, um, I know there's this is a hot button topic within the horror community, but you take people like Rob Zombie, who, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I am an apologist for, I love Rob Zombie films, as does Zena. I'm not. I get my torch and
0: pitchfork <laughs> and chase them down.
1: But when you say House of Thousand Corpses was, quote, influenced by Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's a lie. It straight up rips it off in more ways than one. I love you, Rob Zombie. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Please don't sue us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please don't sue me. Um, No, it was. It was just a blatant ripoff. But that's... I guess that's it. I've already said it. I, I feel like... In the grand scheme of things, a lot of the credit that should go to this movie gets handed to Halloween instead.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair. But then again, and, like I said. I will
0: just go on record as saying, I do like Halloween better than this film.
1: Yeah, I would say, but again, but, you can go back to Psycho and say, those films ripped this one off. Which you have no argument against, because you still haven't seen it.
0: Okay, listen, I've slept through Psycho a whole bunch of times. And that you a have lot.
1: Not. You that have not. That says a
0: lot about Psycho. <laughs> I couldn't even watch Freddie i more do it <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> i'm just saying there's no iteration of psycho that i've been able to sit through and stay awake for well like, i think you need there to there give there to it be, another chance there's a lot of people out there that are big hitchcock fans and i'm not one of them i'm just not I'm, I, re- I
1: can't even look at you anymore oh my god i can't even look at you
0: i remember my parents like trying to watch was it rear window or whatever it's like Cary grant or some i don't know one of those old actor guys
1: uh-huh
0: fuck I'm terrible with this
1: maybe it was Jim why do I want to think it was
0: Jimmy Stewart it was Jimmy Stewart and he was like in a wheelchair and all he was doing was like spying out his window with his fucking binoculars looking at his neighbor it's
1: better than Shia LaBeouf
0: he was climbing in his neighbor's window there's a difference (laughs) at least he showed initiative I don't know if he did that don't sue me um I'm sure he didn't do that he's a wonderful person Or not? Well, but I was I was thinking of the movie Disturbia,
1: where it's basically the same thing.
0: I've never seen that, so I'm. No rear
1: Window is another movie that people have done saying that I've over, tried and, over to and over. Watch
0: Hitchcock movies, and they're fucking boring. For that,
1: for they're that matter, boring.
0: for that matter, and he was a horrible person. Dude,
1: are you gonna let me talk or what? No. For that matter, Fright Night is also Rear Window.
0: Yeah, but Fright Night's good, and Hitchcock didn't <laughs> <wouldn't> do it. <laughs> My God. I'm just saying.
1: Oh, my God. Okay.
0: Didn't Toby Hooper do Friday? Night? No. Who did Friday? Night?
1: I'm going to hit you so hard with my shoe. That was Tom Holland. Am I
0: get the chunk We
1: one? covered this movie <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, okay, can we talk about performances now? (laughs) So, there's a lot of first time horror films out there where the performances are serviceable, but you can still tell that they're kind of green in their performances. Um this one was one that again I don't feel like it took much convincing to pull off those performances. And the thing is is even before the terror really starts and they're just having their normal conversations um about astrology or or cattle or whatever. It's still believable, you know. They have their Scooby-Doo van. They're going through to make sure that their grandfather's grave hasn't been defiled, and they just seem like normal kids. As a matter of fact, I would say that the dialogue in the remake is more forced than what these kids are talking about. For us, this it does feel like in the in the crawl text a typical sun uh, summer afternoon drive. I mean, yeah,
0: I get it. I I just I. Their whole purpose for this was just to go see the grandparents' house.
1: And to check the grave.
0: Right, right. And I guess that's it. I mean, in the remake, they were going to see a Leonard Skinner concert, which is fine. At least he had a reason to be out there. But I just, like, you got the two guys. And the one guy is Sally's, Three guys? I'm not counting Franklin. Three questions? Yes. <laughs> Franklin's the irritation. He's not another guy. He's oh just God. irritating the shit out of everyone. <laughs>
1: He's not a turtle he's, wearing a ball cap. He's having like adventures.
0: The, he's just like the Noid from the old Domino's commercials. Anyway, um, so you got these three guys and these two girls. And I get it that Sally's boyfriend was one of the guys. And Franklin is the cousin or whatever.
1: He's Sally's brother. Right.
0: Okay, Also said in the crawl co- text. I a, okay, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> They said some words. You suck at this. <laughs> I read those words and I don't remember it. But then you've got Pam and... Kurt. Saturday Night Fever. Kirk, sorry. Oh, Saturday Night Fever. Because he's got his full disco thing. He's got the fro. He's got the tight pants. He doesn't have his... a fro. A little bit. It's kind of poofy. Um, and your
1: dad wore his button-up shirts the same way, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, your dad true. thought he was Tom Selleck. That's true. Why are we keep talking about Tom Selleck tonight?
0: <laughs> I think you got a thing for Tom Selleck.
1: <laughs> My granny had a thing for Tom Selleck.
0: Who doesn't have a thing for Tom Selleck? <laughs> anyway don't judge me till you've watched magnum pi
1: <laughs> or friends um, in my case
0: <laughs> no no anyway um i just don't see any reason for pam and her boyfriend to be out there at all like that i what? guess they're just friends riding along yes but that's the point i don't know
1: i don't that's know. because you don't have any friends that travel with us I, that's p-
0: true yes <laughs> because then when you stop at subs, you have to buy them food too <laughs>
1: Hey, you know what? I think Megan was very happy that we bought her food.
0: Hey, I was really happy to take Megan out <laughs>
1: So Megan's like, hey, I've been along with you that guys. That was a good time. <laughs> and we were piled up in the car with crew members from when we were filming group. And we were piled up in a car with Zena for most of the day. So now you can say that you've been in a car riding with friends for the day and it was just
0: fine. I could say that. <laughs> Maybe one day I will say that. But it's not this day.
1: (laughs) Today we fight.
0: (laughs) Tonight we dine in hell. But I'm getting my movies mixed up. I don't know. It's fine. The the premise of the story is fine. I guess I've seen it so many times. And since I saw a lot of those other slashers first, sometimes in my mind, I have a hard time separating them. Um, But acknowledging that this one came first... It, it's good. I, it's it's reasonable excuse, I suppose, for all these people to be there. Yeah. I suppose the whole part of them being in Texas and running out of gas and the gas station doesn't doesn't have fuel and all that stuff that's plausible because I mean we still run into that shit out here.
1: I was just saying now it's not an issue, especially where we live in North Texas, where there's a Seven Eleven every few miles down the road.
0: But no, there but,
1: are still stretches of Texas where you may go a hundred miles before you see another I guess what gas I was station. Thinking is how
0: often you go to racetrack and they're Bums are bagged. Right. Because they don't, they're fucking out of, out of gas. Right. Um. But yeah, uh, if you go west, actually, if you get out there kind of a little bit closer to Podmortem's neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Facts, facts. There's places you really can drive for two or three hours and never see another human. So, yeah. Uh, but realistically, where they were at down around Austin, even in the 70s, eh, population would not have been quite as dense, but I mean, they weren't really in the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of a lonely place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But. I was just, we, we were talking about this earlier. I was like, okay, the mistake, there were mistakes made here right like for starters wouldn't have picked up a hitchhiker especially one that looked like he was just kind of dancing down the side of the road he was
0: living his best life (laughs) he
1: really was um would not have let myself Get to the point where we have no gas, but then I didn't grow up in the seventies. I grew up in the eighties and nineties, and it may have been harder to find gas stations that often anymore.
0: I think I think they must have been a lot more spread out. Probably a lot of more of them were privately owned because this would have been before the racetracks and the QTs and all right. Of the so franchises. you had more so of a your s- full service gas stations. Would have been like your mom and pop gas stations. Yeah. Like I'm not that old, but I still remember a handful of what used to be a full service gas. Oh station. yeah. Yeah, me too. Where you pulled up, somebody came out and they pumped your gas and washed your windshield, right? Um, Checked your fluids. Yeah. But I I, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Story's fine. It's probably okay. (laughs) It's probably just all right. (laughs) Uh, But as far as picking up the Hitchhiker, I guess along with the story there, it's good. But for me, like that whole segment's probably the most entertaining part of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, There's almost more tension there for me than there is in... Probably the middle 30 minutes or so of mm-hmm. the film. Because when he gets in, it's kind of funny at first, like the way he's acting until he hauls out that knife and cuts himself. And right. And you're like, so he just took it to 11. <laughs> And it's another one of those situations where it's like, okay, can I, can I trust the storyteller anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you feel pretty safe up until that point, until he does that. And he, he like, and when he, when, what's his name, Edwin, whatever, when the, when the hitchhiker dials it up you're like, okay, I don't know that we're safe anymore.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, cause the most exciting thing that happened to up to that point was, a was dead armadillo. Well, I was going to say was Franklin rolling down the hill with his pecan. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, he was peeing in a coffee can.
1: Which is another thing that a lot of dads did. Whenever. I remember doing that.
0: <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit it, but I remember doing that.
1: I thought you were you were subjected to the Gatorade bottle, but I remember you saying your dad kept a no, coffee can. No, because
0: folders used to come in metal cans. Um, yeah, no, it was a thing that we did when we were on vacation, and I yeah, I don't feel better for having said that.
1: <laughs> we are not stopping to pee. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what it was. If you got to pee, there's the can. Uh, my we're my uh, not stopping.
1: my family would stop, but they would just you know you get behind the car and pee on the and side. And then they would drive
0: it. off after you. Whip she it out. did.
1: My mom did do that to my brother once. It was pretty hilarious because my brother literally stood there with his dick in his hand waving at the traffic. What else were you gonna do? <laughs> well, she expected you know I guess he was gonna take off running or something midstream and you know but no he was just like hey. No, this is. What's
0: <laughs> Sorry, probably shouldn't have named him. He doesn't listen to the show. Fuck it. Um, (laughs) I could see him totally just standing there doing that. But anyway, yeah, you had the can because, I don't know, like we're going to drive nonstop and we get there and dad's like, we made good time. Like, yeah, we did. Yeah. (laughs) But you pee all over the backseat. But we made good time.
1: (laughs) The thing about Franklin, right? is I feel like every family has at least that one member that you don't really want to go on the trip with you because they're going to cramp your style a little bit. They're going to make it unenjoyable. I've been on lots of those trips where it's like, I just want to listen to music and look at my view and maybe take a nap here and there. But you've always got that one person that kind of feels like they have to go out of their way to make it miserable for everybody else. And so I felt like that was real, really realistic. And yeah, traveling, I mean, yes, air conditioners are more of a thing now, obviously. But I could imagine being in that van Packed with people, not really good AC, and just being fucking miserable. It doesn't sound like a good time.
0: No, it doesn't sound like a good time. And I I, I get it. I just don't like Franklin.
1: And I also get that thing about you really want to go do something and then you have a parent that's like, don't forget to take your brother or sister with you. And you're like, oh, I really don't want to do that. But, you know...
0: Well, and in this sense, in this situation, it wasn't that someone said, you have to take Franklin with you, but, you know, they did take Franklin with them. Right. Um, Maybe,
1: I mean, she was, but he she was obviously responsible able, for him.
0: He wasn't necessarily able to do everything right. that they could do. Um, and it feels like he kind of leveraged that a little bit. I don't know. He was just a dick. Well, here's the thing
1: playing devil's advocate for just a second is annoying as franklin is and as much as i would not have wanted to have him on the trip and he does some things that straight piss me off later I get his side of it, too, because I've also been in those situations where you're having a miserable fucking time, but you're with these shiny, happy people, and they're having a great time, That's and true. they're fucking, or they're drinking, and they're doing whatever. Jesus, where were and, you going? <laughs> and you're sitting there by yourself, you know, doing doing the goth dance, smoking cigarettes, and drinking, and being sad, and going, you yeah, fuck those guys, you know? So I You were
0: the goth kid from South Park, were I you?
1: really, I really was. I did yeah. the dance and everything everything um so i get that side of it too and he may not have wanted to go even maybe he got i don't know he kind forced of into like,
0: it he was the one that wanted to tell everyone oh it's my my dad owns this place and
1: my daddy remember my daddy in the south we say my daddy
0: no I, <laughs> georgia diddy diddy i don't know when i don't know when it got an e in it but apparently in georgia it has an e in it but <laughs> Yeah, he, he was really proud of telling somebody his his daddy owns this busted-ass house. But
1: I mean, to be fair,
0: if... At one point, it was probably a really nice house. It yeah. huge, but he was just irritating as shit the whole time, because all he wanted to do is complain, and I understand that that was probably his, his way of interacting with everyone, was just to talk all the time. Right. Um, but he was talking about stupid shit, and he's completely unhygienic, and it has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that when you first see his pocket knife, he's picking his fingernails, and then the hitchhiker cuts his hand with it, and he never calls cleans it and he picks his fingernails again and then they use it to cut food what the fuck <laughs> She cuts a piece of sausage with this nasty fingernail blood knife and then he sticks it in his mouth the uh, sausage yeah, okay. not the knife <laughs> Although there was a moment there where I was like just use the knife dude <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. To me, Franklin really has no no redeeming qualities. And that's sad because they could have turned that character into something else. They could have defied the expectation of we have, um, you know, uh, can I, can I just save his overweight? I'm overweight. Is it fine if I am and he is and it's okay? I, I think so. Okay. And he was disabled. Mm-hmm. And they could have done more with that than just make him the asshole. But they just made him the asshole. So, I mean, if he ever asked, am I the asshole? Yes, you were the asshole. <laughs> Right. And they just they just stereotyped him. And I feel like every character after that just followed the the Franklin model. Shelley was Franklin. Anytime you see that character type, right? They're Mm -hmm. overweight. They got kind of poofy hair. They act a little weird. they're the franklin am i wrong uh
1: speaking of somebody it's almost
0: like he created this they created that stereotype in this film
1: speaking to somebody that has a soft spot for chubby guys i i can't
0: i am a chubby guy and my hair looks like david lynch right now it's so big my hair i feel like i need to clarify
1: but, no, here's the thing, is, is, is that I can I can say that I feel sorry for him at times, but the, the point that I just feel like I cannot handle him anymore is when he starts acting like a child. You know, when he's sitting there right. blowing raspberries or not willing to give up a flashlight or...
0: Honking the whore on the damn van.
1: He has... The dude has no chill for most of the movie. You know, he's sitting there and he's complaining the entire time. Or he's talking about things nobody else wants to talk about. Which, to be fair, I have done that a time or two. But...
0: We're doing that right now. (laughs) But...
1: (laughs) there are those things where it's like okay if you know that you're a fifth wheel already you know don't exacerbate that situation you know
0: i mean i can there's something
1: very childlike about
0: him i can see i can see both sides of it i guess like i can see where he you know he gets frustrated he does and what's funny is that when they kick the hitchhiker out of the van i'm going back to the hitchhiker because he's my he's my favorite my favorite as well um When they throw him out of the van, which they didn't really throw him out of the van. He was getting out of the van. They pull over and he just, he jumps out right after he burns the picture. And does his
1: little dance in the road, actually, Simpson style.
0: And he paints, you know, Odin's runes on the side of the van, (laughs) which I kept waiting for that to be relevant. Like, okay, this is a specific thing. And at some point later in the movie, we're going to see the same symbol somewhere. You you don't. He just smeared his shit on the van. (laughs) Art the
1: clown style. Yeah.
0: He's like, art was here on the side (laughs) of the van. Yeah. Um, But he's doing the same thing. He's like laughing and blowing raspberries at the van while they drive off. Right. And then later when Franklin's having his little fucking temper tantrum, he's do he does the same thing and mm-hmm. it's kinda weird. Um Franklin's behavior sort of mirrors the hitchhiker's behavior a little bit because like after he meets the hitchhiker his behavior comes a little bit stranger interesting than what you had seen prior to uh-huh. that. like prior to that he was just a motor mouth that wouldn't shut the fuck up mm-hmm. um, and then after that you see him he's like he's got his knife on he's like just stabbing the van mm-hmm. like why is he destroying the van he wasn't doing that before but after the hitchhiker now he's like he's poking the van he's like well I don't know why I do that and he's asking weird questions like well, what would it be like to just cut yourself Um
1: I mean I, I agree with him that he, it takes a lot to do that to yourself I, and so i, I know, can i can understand the fascination sudden, there he
0: turns into what's her name from the zombie movie that we watched. is like do you ever wonder th- what it'd be like to die
1: i feel like you're attacking me right now
0: no but you know what i'm talking about you know the movie right <laughs> what was it
1: return of the living dead again we just talked about
0: it that's the one so <laughs> jesus the, the chick that gets naked in every movie <laughs> Her, um, who's like fantasizing about old men grabbing her while she's naked. Eating alive. Yeah, he turns into kind of her a little bit there, with his clothes on, obviously, but...
1: Thank you for that. We thank you.
0: Yes. (laughs) But where he's, he's, he starts, he gets a little morbid mm-hmm. about some things and he starts stabbing shit and he's like the little temper tantrum thing. Like he didn't show that type of behavior until after the hitchhiker got out of the van. So it's like it triggered something with him.
1: Well, and he was super paranoid he, after the fact he too. Was. He was. Like, like he was gonna worried they were going to follow them. Right.
0: And then Saturday Night Fever was like, I gave him your zip code. He's going to come fucking kill you. <laughs>
1: Which I thought was annoying too. It's like yeah. you you didn't have to be like that. He didn't, but he
0: just I don't know. Like I said, I can see both sides. I can see where Franklin is frustrated with not being able to do the things that they were able to do, but I can also see them wanting to get away from him for a little bit because yes. he just it's fucking irritating. Yes, <laughs> and then like we're gonna go swim because we need a break from your ass.
1: Yeah, I, and here's I, the thing: I, I apologize, um, our seven listeners, if we have been going on ad nauseum about Franklin at this point but that's because I don't feel like any of the characters, and to sound controversial for a moment, even Sally, I don't feel like any of them really have enough time spent on their characters to really get to know anything about them. So. Like so Kirk and Pam, we don't get to know their characters. Um, Jerry,
0: we don't get to know his character. Well, Kirk fucks with Franklin and tells him that the hitchhiker's going to come kill him. Yeah. Pam, Pam talks astrology. Pam reads their astrology. Yeah. Um. That other guy gets hit in the head with a hammer, does a pretty convincing death twitch, and that's it for him. Yeah. And Sally screams a lot.
1: Well, no. I mean, Sally, I feel like has character development too, just not in the same way that Franklin does. She, I feel like they spend a lot of time on Franklin in the more beginning. more
0: dialogue than anyone else in this film. I didn't time it. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there because it felt like, Jesus, when is he going to shut up?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that was my point was I feel like they spend more time on his character traits than they do anybody else's
0: and i don't understand that choice because he didn't make it to the end right i mean
1: i mean pretty close but so
0: not to go back to halloween but we're going back to halloween you spend a lot of time with laurie right leading up to it like who is she and what motivates her and how does she feel about
1: stuff. hell even even her her friends you spend some even time with friends, to get to know you them you get
0: some time to get to know them in this one you spend Most of your time with someone who doesn't matter at the end of the movie. Yeah. Other than... That's
1: why I'm saying...
0: He took a chainsaw for Sally.
1: John Carpenter took it and perfected it. (laughs) That was my point.
0: (laughs) I think Halloween was the first film that we did where we were like, I don't have anything bad to say about this movie. Yes, it was. This is not that movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) However, however... I do think that you get as, as little time as we spend with the Sawyer family. I feel like we even get into their psyche a little bit too, and kind of getting to see their struggles. You know, of of, of what this family is going through. They're obviously poor and doing what they have to to survive.
0: I I didn't understand the Sawyer family. If if anything, what's not is it Sawyer's? Yes. Who what? Who is it in the second one? The Hewitts. Hewitts. The Hewitts in the in the remake or whatever. Yes. I didn't understand the Sawyers, and and here's the deal. If they're supposed to be, like, these cannibal murderers or whatever, and then at some point... Um Ah, what's his butt? Takes a hammer to the head like a champ. Mm-hmm. Kirk. Finds all the the cars that have been hidden under that like camo netting stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, clearly this is something they've been doing for a long time. But when they meet old man, <laughs> that's how he's credited. Right at the gas station, he kind of tries to warn him off a little bit. For the record, it's Drayton Sawyer, but Drayton. Okay, but you know what I mean. He's yeah. like, you know, you can just stay or whatever. Don't go to that house. And really, going to that house is what landed them at the Sawyer house. Mm-hmm. If they had never gone. And he tried to talk them out. He was almost a harbinger. Like, if there was going to be one in this film, it would have been him. Or the was, guy at
1: the cemetery.
0: He was like, don't... You talking about the drunk? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, because if,
1: if you're listening to the news reports during the opening credits, you know, they're talking about these 29 victims and...
0: Which, by the way, the hitchhiker is the one that perpetrated the uh, shenanigans. Yes. At, the, uh, at the, cemetery. the cemetery. Use words. I'm trying so fucking hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... So I mean, they can't be completely. Who runs? Who runs the family? I, I'm guessing Drayton does. But he he tried to get him to not go there. Well, so it doesn't. Really there is sense. that
1: scene where he says that he doesn't take pleasure in killing.
0: Yeah, but
1: so it, you. I mean, yes, the guy's obviously cracked because at one point when they're torturing Sally, he's sitting there grinning and kind of laughing along with everybody else. But I don't know that he necessarily sets out to do it the way Arlie Army's character. Or does it and See that's what remake. I was going to
0: say, and that's one of the things that I actually like a little bit better about the remake is that they're very clear with this is what we do. This is the guy that calls the shots.
1: See, I don't need to have my hand held. That I, oh, way. don't be,
0: don't be demeaning about it. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't even start that.
1: I, I enjoy some subtlety. I'm just
0: saying that this is supposed to be a family that does this, but who's really in charge? I mean, Leatherface is there by himself. Grandpa is basically dead. Grandma is dead that's that's it that's kind of the whole family that and the hitchhiker i mean he surely he's not fucking running things right it's just it makes to have a family that would have gotten away with this for such an extended period of time they need an intelligent person calling the shots and there's just not a clear patriarch or matriarch in this situation that's calling the shots and keeping them from getting caught does that make sense
1: yes except i still think that
0: drayton <sighs> is that person I he just didn't give that vibe I, guess. I mean
1: the dude wanted to keep the house different. intact he was very attached to that door (laughs) door.
0: it really brought the room together
1: (laughs) your brother dead to the door it just
0: made more sense in the remake when Arlie army is like i will skull fuck you (laughs) you know like he was the brains of the operation he was running the show they could have had someone in the sawyer clan that was a little bit more assertive if drayton had been a little bit more assertive or if he tried to get them oh yeah go go here you know sort of Mm kind of lead them in a little bit I don't I don't Because it makes everything that happened after that sort of an accident.
1: I don't know about that. I I'm sorry. I think we're just gonna have to disagree agree to disagree on this subject I because agree that
0: you're wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because I think that it is scarier, especially when you consider that Sally gets to that point where she thinks she has gotten to safety. And all you've known about this guy was that he turned tried to turn them away in the beginning. So you think that she has reached a safe place. So when he comes out with that burlap sack and rope, you're like, what the fuck? What what's happening here? So to me, that's it it, that comes across as a twist. And so in that way, I respected that they tried to set him up as this caring old guy that was trying to... I get
0: it, but I mean, he...
1: Again, we're going to have to agree to disagree. He
0: really enjoyed... <laughs> Didn't he have a cattle prod? Or am I thinking about the other one?
1: You're thinking about another one. He had his broom.
0: He had his trusty broom. Like he, he, he was pretty gleeful, though, while he was poking at her.
1: Well, yeah, because he can't have her get away and tell people...
0: To go from... I really don't want to kill these kids. Y'all really shouldn't go there to like, fuck it. I'm going to (laughs) stab her with his broom handle, put her in a bag. I don't know. I feel like that character could have been a little more consistent.
1: I think it's a twist. So I disagree. But anyway, (laughs) moving on. So in talking about special effects, I think that, I mean, because there's not really anything in terms of like gore or anything like that. And I, I think everything they did was so simple and yet effective. And I think that's why people remember, it being bloodier than it actually was. I mean, it's been known as the most terrifying film ever made. And it's really with doing nothing at all but letting your imagination decide.
0: So I'm going to say this and steal your thunder and everything else. Um, and it's not a special effect, but it kind of, kind of, when Leatherface slams that door. Oh, that's more like set design probably than anything uh-huh. else, but I don't know. There's something so final about it when he slams that door. It's like they're dead. Yeah. Like it's, it's ominous. There's no blood. There's no nothing. There's no dialogue. There's no music even yeah. in that scene. He drags Kirk in and slams the door. Uh-huh. That's it. Mm-hmm. Two people go through a door and one person slams it and you're like, Jesus, he's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And again, I don't know if that necessarily qualifies as an effect because you're right. There's really not.
1: Well, I mean, in terms of effects, effects, makeup effects, you have. Yeah, you have some makeup from, you know, obviously Leatherface. Masks, and probably Edwin Neal slicing his hand. um Grandpa. Although I, if they, if you told me he really cut his hand, I would believe you. Yeah. Um, Grandpa, and that yes, Grandpa, and then you know the makeup that they had on Pam when she pops out of the freezer. You know, yeah. So there are things there, but they really didn't have to do a lot.
0: It's very subtle.
1: I think more of the set dressing, like you were just talking about, is what makes that film more effective than yeah. anything else. Yeah, I
0: feel like the set design. Yeah. It plays a bigger role. Everything
1: everything they did from that location to, because I mean, seriously, just driving across Texas, how many houses do you see like that? It's an old house that you expect an old couple to probably live on, be farmers, nice on the outside. You have no idea what is going on behind those closed doors. It's completely unassuming. And I think that that ultimately makes it more terrifying. But to go then into that house, which again would be a nice house under different circumstances and then have all those remains and you know animals running around and it's you know it becomes you feel like you need a shower. The
0: crazy thing is there are so many houses that at least on the exterior look like that house yes, yes. here. And they and they could be like that elsewhere. But although I feel like in the a lot of the traveling that we've done, the ranch style home is kind of a Texas thing. <laughs> um but yeah there's so many houses that look just like that and you're absolutely right. like. It looks from the outside kind of like a normal house. It's the set design on the inside that sets it apart, which, however, I will say that I I had to make a note of it. The scene in the bone room, there's two things. Number one, they spent too much fucking time on it. Like when Pam falls down in the feathers or whatever and she's looking around, that scene lasts a long time. Like they inspect every baseboard through those shots.
1: That's called suspense
0: building. I get it, but I was already like, fuck, there's a bone chair. Like, <laughs> it had me about three seconds in. You didn't need to drag it on that long. But um, a question that I had about it. So they, they have these little effigies, right? It's almost like uh, like the Blur Witch stick things mm-hmm. everywhere. So for these people, it almost seems like it's kind of a religious thing for this family. Mm, okay. Like the little bone things that they make mean something to them? Or is it just
1: I think their is
0: doing art projects they're, for kindergarten? They're like
1: me, and they're just a collective. I don't know. Collective and decorators? Eclectic?
0: Yeah, that's what you're going to call that? Yes. You're making sculptures <laughs> out of human bones.
1: Um, how many um, how many skeletons and skulls and stuff are in the studio right
0: now? There are no human bones in this studio. I
1: know that they're not real bones, but I'm just saying, you know, if you bring your mother-in-law in this room, she's going to look at it and go, what the... F-? Well,
0: she wouldn't say fuck because no, she's... my mother-in-law is your mother, <laughs> and she'd be like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, my mother on the. That's
1: end. who. That's what I meant. Your yeah. mother,
0: your mother-in-law, however, would be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, but like what? Wh-
1: what is this?
0: <laughs> they just they really focus on a lot of that stuff and I get it, but I don't know. It's it's almost like, if le- if we assume that Leatherface was the one making all of these things, it's almost like he sets up altars of a sort. Oh, maybe I was reading too much into it.
1: I think you were. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Fuck me. Go on.
1: Anyway, I, I appreciate it. I, I love how much attention to detail went into that room. And like I said, it makes you feel so disgusting, so dirty, and you can understand the anguish that she is going through in that room. And I mean, I just think the whole scene as a whole is just so fucking effective.
0: I will agree with you, I guess, in that respect, is that she falls in there and she... <laughs> She doesn't have to see a human. She doesn't have to see any blood. She didn't have to see anything. She falls down in that room, looks up, and she's like, I'm I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it sets the scene. It builds a lot of tension. Yeah. Um,
1: and as far as the actual... suspense there. As far as the actual kill room, like, that's, that's creepy. That's as creepy as it fucking gets, in my opinion. And I realize that there's a lot of people out there that have their own slaughter rooms. And you've got your table for meat work and your hooks and you, your pail in your freezer or whatever. Find any fucking deer hunter here. They've got one. Trust. But there's still something so fucking creepy about it.
0: Okay. So they don't have anything like that here.
1: <laughs> you are full of shit because I've been in one.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Maybe you, somebody you knew had one. <laughs> but nah, we did it in the barn and it didn't look anything like that.
1: Yeah, no. I've been in actual rooms where people kept but, that kind of shit.
0: But um, it is creepy. The thing that scared me the most was like... It's going to get infected. (laughs) It's so dirty. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about this movie is that the whole movie feels dirty. It does. Um, but it particularly really does. the the kill room or whatever that you're talking about. It feels just nasty. Yeah, and, you and need you, a you need a shower. Yeah,
1: and, and on top of that it. you're already sweaty. I mean, I get I get nasty just walking from the house to the mailbox in Texas yeah. heat. I can't imagine being in a house like know. that.
0: It's it's hard to describe it because that room feels really dirty and nasty. But there's nothing down there that's explicitly like well, here's a big pile of guts, and this is where we keep the livers, and this is, it's all set dressing. There's no actual blood down there. Right. They did a fantastic job with that. I, I will say that.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on to the score. Okay. And I know that you're already going to tell me there wasn't one. There's
0: not. There is. There's no music in this film.
1: <laughs> yes, there not is. Not one note. Yes, there is. And it's not just the score. The sound design is unfucking
0: believable For me, it's the sound of the camera. Okay. Yes. I can't make I can't make the sound the whining sound of the, the taking pick? yes
1: like we were talking about this off mic I remember um seeing the trailer to the Texas Chainsaw remake and in the first couple of minutes of that trailer you don't really or at least I didn't really know what was going on as soon as they played that sound I knew what it was immediately and I was like holy shit they're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre because that sound if you if you're a horror fan that sound is undeniable. You know exactly what that's from. That's like Freddy scraping his claws. You know what that sound is, yeah. or chains whipping in Hellraiser. There's just certain sounds that evoke a mood, and it's the. Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. You, I'm from never, Friday the 13th, yeah. Like, anytime I hear I what that, is. that squeal, which I believe was done on piano string um, for an old gutted piano, it's it's an amazing sound. I love that sound. It makes my fucking nipples hard. All right, but. Also, the sound of when that hammer comes down and cracks Kirk in the head, that just, it's like a thud and a smash at the same time. And it sounds awful. It
0: sounds very... Wet. Organic. Uh, The Foley artist did work on this film. Whoever added those sound effects, either that or they really killed that dude with a hammer. (laughs) But I agree with you there. The sound design overall, um, well, I, I disagree. There is no music in this film. There's yes, a lot there of sound is. effects.
1: There is, <laughs>
0: and, and the sound design is is it's on point. Just because, yeah, the, that whining sound, just I don't know.
1: It makes the hairs it's on like your neck stand up. Fingernails
0: on a chalkboard, and you like I'm I'm getting chills you, right now. It makes you feel like something bad's about to happen, even though. See,
1: look at these nipples. They are hard.
0: <laughs> We've shared too much.
1: But yes there there was, you know, there was a little bit of a theme in the opening credits and I and I will say that you know, when you're doing what we're doing and you're trying to pay attention to the film, yes, you're obviously trying to hear what the the news reports are saying. But there is a very ominous score playing over that or with it. And that's what you get throughout. And not to mention, like we've already discussed, the sound of that door closing and you get that musical sting when the door slams shut that because it's not just the door. Like, you have the boong of the door, but you also have a sting there that it's yeah. very effective. So,
0: I, I joke about there is no score, but I think I've decided, because I've watched a ton of fucking horror movies now, and it's your fault. You're
1: welcome.
0: That... There are movies out there where you, the score, there, there's music there, but it's not in your face yes. necessarily. It is so organic to what you're seeing on screen. It blends in so well that it adds to the tension or suspense or whatever it is that you're feeling without overpowering the visual side, yeah. if that makes sense. So it, it adds to that feeling of foreboding without dominating the scene where it's like, I, you need to turn that down a little bit.
1: <laughs> right. Because we also have seen a lot of horror films where you can't hear the fucking dialogue because the... The score right. is so
0: loud, right? Which um, I guess, and it can work both ways because if you look at like Candyman, they've got that big, uh, right? Like the, the like the choir singing, which is almost a character unto itself, and it can dominate the scene with with no dialogue or very anything effectively. In it, but it's creepy on its own, so yes. you don't have to have some creepy visual there. But I feel like they really balanced the visuals and whatever audio was going on, um, so that they both can work together really well to build.
1: I also think to, that... To
0: impact the viewer.
1: Yeah, and I also think that you don't necessarily have to have a score throughout a, throughout a film. For instance, the fact that it is so subtle with the music or there are scenes that don't have music at all also lends to its authenticity.
0: So to that point, um, I just recently listened to uh, Podmortem Covered Dracula, the original Universal mm-hmm. Dracula. Um, and there was one. they did have da- There was no music in it, really. Because when they made it, they were afraid that adding a lot of music would overwhelm the audience. Because they talkies were new. Mm -hmm. Talkies, not (laughs) takis. Um, but they were worried that too much sound coming from these films would overwhelm the audience. So they really toned it way down. But they had David Glass go back and and do some music for it. And they said that a lot of the scenes didn't work with music mm-hmm. because it kind of overpowered the scene.
1: Yeah. I actually recently just watched that film for the first time. And
0: this is a film where I feel like if you had too much music, it would. It would overpower the scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Because you get those awkward silences in there. There's there's a scene. And in, 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 no judgment from anybody I'm a big girl obviously and I'm terrified of spiders and even though in my mind, I know rationally that a daddy long legs, despite being the most poisonous, one of the most poisonous spiders out there, I know that it's not really going to hurt you, right? But because of this film, there's something about them all being gathered in that group and doing that little bounce fucking thing that they do that scares the ever loving shit out of me. So I cannot watch that scene with, with the spiders without uh, like, like I'm Ron Weasley about spiders, like, you know, and to me, that's just terrifying going into those houses and seeing shit like that. I don't know. We're like, we're kind of like Australia. Everything here wants to kill you.
0: Yeah. I think if they wanted to add... If they wanted to put an animal, a spider specifically on screen uh, that's native to us, that would be really creepy. They should have put a black widow up there. Mm -hmm. I know those are not necessarily exclusive to Texas, but I don't know that any native Texan is really scared of a daddy long leg.
1: No, Aiden has one in his bathroom. What did he name it? Harold? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He has one in his bathroom that he won't kill because, again, harmless. Okay. Um,
0: Full disclosure, if any animal shows up anywhere and where we are on a regular basis, we name it. That's yes. how we roll in our family. Yes. Um, I used to have a carpentry shop and I had a lizard that used to hang out in there with me and I named him Pedro. Yes. Pedro the shop lizard. You
1: name every lizard Pedro I now.
0: I name everything Pedro because <laughs> I voted for him. I thought that was Bob. <laughs> No, I vote for Patriot. Oh,
1: that's just your video game characters, right? That's correct. Bob or
0: Tim They're or... On. It's it's three letters. It's not that I'm attached <laughs> to it. I just have to put something in there I can fucking remember.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sure we have been talking about this for well over an hour now. So why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? Travis, what did you love about Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
0: I loved it when Franklin died. <laughs> When he was bisected with a chainsaw. (laughs) (sighs) What did I love? I love the fact that they didn't have to use a lot of blood and gore um, to make you feel uneasy. I think that's something that really stuck with me. It's kind of like those. It's kind of like universal movies. You don't see blood. Like, they put some shit on screen that's a little bit disturbing, and they let your imagination fill in the blanks. And it always takes you to the worst place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I appreciate that about this film. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't just like, here's my dick. It It was subtle. Right. I can't believe I just said subtle and used that for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But if you look at, like hostile or saw and i'm not i'm not saying anything derogatory toward those films but that you see, not you see everything right you see all the blood and guts and shit flying everywhere and in this one you just don't
1: actually i would make an argument for hostile
0: that you really don't see as much as you think you, you do. don't see a lot that's true but you see a whole lot more in that than you do in this one
1: that's another one that um, i think people made like, it out more serious so than it actually like was
0: friday the 13th friday the 13th wants to show you all of it mm-hmm. uh, for the most part and they didn't so that's something that i like about this is that they let you do your worst to yourself yes hated franklin um, <laughs>
1: franklin 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 yeah,
0: i love it that franklin died and i hate that franklin was in this film <laughs> <laughs> um that's tough i don't know that there's anything that i really hated about this film honestly okay uh it's, it's pretty it's pretty solid it moves fast it feels like it's kind of dragging along up until um
1: they pick up the hitchhiker?
0: Some dude gets hit in the head with a hammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then it's you, It's just a blitz after that. It feels like it's just a thing after a thing after a thing. Um, except for the last 30 minutes, which is just Sally screaming her ass off. but Which it looks exhausting. But, yeah, no, I don't really have a lot of negatives. Okay. How about you?
1: Uh, loved. Some of these things are going to sound a little strange, but just, just go with me on this. This movie is exhausting to watch. It's, it's not a film that I watch all the time. It's not one of my comfort films because it is such an exhausting film. Like, everything that you have to go through with Sally once Franklin is killed, you feel like you're right there with her. And, again, that's just a testament to to how it was shot. You know, the close-ups on the eye and her performance of just absolute sheer terror. It makes you so damn tired right along with her. And when you get to the end and she's cracking up, you feel you feel like you're right there with her in that. So I guess that's my big love for this film is how real it feels. You know, somebody out there is going to say, well, there's not a guy who's, you know, def- filing corpses, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes, Ed Gein actually existed. But I've always said, you know, for every Freddy or Chucky or Pinhead that you have, I love those guys, but they don't scare me. I get scared by shit that could really fucking happen to you. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre feels like some shit that could actually happen to you. Now, somebody may disagree with that, but people out there, there's people that are fucking nuts, you know, and it's, it's scary to think about how many people like that exist in the world, you know, but I also, but I love that about it. I love that it feels so real, you know. It it does feel like you're watching a documentary. It does feel like you're watching *Cannibal Holocaust* or or *Faces of Death* or something, where you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like I feel uncomfortable with what I'm seeing here.
0: Kind of feels like a snuff film.
1: Yes, exactly. Because
0: it's so gritty.
1: Um, and and that's what I love. I love the grittiness about it. I love the attention to detail. I love the suspense that is happening throughout like the scene of, of them trying to crack Sally on the head over that pail. That scene stresses me out like you would not believe just the dropping of that hammer over and over and over. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, hated. I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate anything about this film. To me, I completely agree with what Dr. Wolfiel has said about this is the perfect horror film. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, for this being a first, a first film, like which I think you said maybe they made something else before it, so I don't, I don't know if it's technically his no, first film. No, 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 it
0: wasn't Toby Hooper's first film. It was a cinematographer's first feature.
1: Okay, but for one of his early films, that it's, it's so good, yeah. it's so fucking good, and I, in, I wish that Toby Hooper had had more of a prolific career, the same way that we hold up Wes Craven or John Carpenter. I wish he had really gotten... Not in his due, the way some of those filmmakers had.
0: He just wasn't a very assertive guy. I I don't know. That's maybe what.
1: maybe he should have went through those people in Sears with a chainsaw. You well, know, you know. <laughs> maybe somebody that would have added to a street somebody cred.
0: Somebody else said that about him, not me.
1: <laughs> but anyway, um, I feel
0: I feel like you you kind of danced around it, but. Um the thing that makes this scary is the fact that they do it does feel real. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um and I don't remember what movie it is. I've referenced this before and I always get it wrong. But the one where I think it's Liv Tyler says, Why are you doing this? And they said because you're home. Right. There's something so scary about that. Mm-hmm. You can't reason with these people. They're doing this to you because you're there. And the Sawyers, that's it.
1: And that's the thing is like the guy just... the guy's kidnapping you all the while bitching about his electric bill. Yeah. There's just something so fucking scary about that.
0: It's it's not like Jason. If you don't want to get fucked up by Jason, don't go to New Jersey. Crystal Lake specifically, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) If, If you don't want Michael Myers to kill your ass, don't be in Haddonfield on Halloween. Like... If it's Freddy, if you're not in Springwood, then you don't know who the fuck he is and it doesn't matter, right? So, I mean, I realize that at some point he travels outside of that, but knowing who he is gives him power. If you don't know who he is, then it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, But these people, yeah, you were there and it's just, sorry, bud. Wrong time, wrong place.
1: Okay. Um, Favorite scene, favorite kill?
0: Favorite scene is the door slam. Easy. And that's probably my favorite kill too. It's just so fast and nasty. Like it it makes you jump a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I don't... It's not a jump scare, which I don't know that jump scares were really a thing when this movie was made. Maybe they pioneered the jump scare. I don't know. But when Leatherface pops out with that hammer and nails Kirk or Jeff or Freddy. And that shot of his
1: face as he's raising that hammer, it's fucking terrifying. It's nightmare
0: fuel. When he just like fucking nails him, hauls the body in and slams the door, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I'm in it now. Yeah, like that's. I think that covers both. That's okay. my favorite scene and my favorite kill. Um,
1: so favorite scene for me is actually the van scene at the beginning. I I love the awkwardness of them. You know, I think we just picked up Dracula. You know, and him sitting there very. I, you can't get a read on this guy to begin with. He's sitting there like kind of meek and timid almost, but with this creepy grin on his face, and he's almost um like Franklin. He's almost childlike himself, you know, and everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. And you know that he knows that they're looking at him like that, you know, but it's my favorite scene because it's the one that I quote the most. I quote it all the time. I will look at Travis and go, I got this knife. It's a good knife. (laughs) And I, it, that's it's truly it's it's one of my favorite scenes. I love him setting the picture on fire and then wadding it up in the foil, tucking it in his little fur pouch. But while, it looks like
0: an upside down chicken.
1: But while he sets this picture on fire, he's doing this little thing with his hands over the picture, like He looks like a '90s rapper. Like, well, I was gonna say like he's casting a spell on it or something almost, yeah.
0: but he's dropping it like it's hot. <laughs>
1: But I love that scene so much. And I know, you know, everybody else will say it's definitely Kirk's death or Pam's death even. But for me, it's that Van scene. I just think it's fantastic. Um, favorite kill, I like Travis, I am going to go with Kirk's kill also. Because like I said, as soon as you hear that like kind of pig squeal sound and you do that pan up from legs to his to uh, Leatherface's face and see that hammer come up. your your heart almost stops because you know something bad's gonna happen. And then like we said, the sound of that crack, Kirk banging his feet, legs up and down is that always bothers me that reaction you
0: don't always get a death twitch in a movie
1: yeah it's so fucking creepy and then yes the slamming of that door and that wong and the and the again the musical sting right there I don't know that it gets any better than that. That that to me is one of the iconic kills in horror ever. You know, to me it's right up there with the shower scene in Psycho. So fucking good. So, anyway, <laughs> Travis final thoughts or or in this case uh Mary fucker kill no, Texas no. chainsaw massacre OG
0: wow. okay um final thoughts I think you're giving the shower scene from psycho way too much credit uh, I
1: think a lot of people are going to come at you with torches and pitchforks nah, that's and fine. tarn feathers that's fine but then again you're I not
0: got, I got this knife <laughs> you're it's not a good knife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're learning to be a horror fan so I can't I'm, expect yeah, you to I
0: watched this movie today that it was like a giant fucking tuna in a lake terrorizing the these kids in a rowboat. It was the dumbest shit I'd seen in a long time.
1: Which is why I don't let Travis pick the movies. In but the you know house. what?
0: Now I know we don't need to cover that movie. <laughs> So you live and learn. Uh, I'm not going to marry this movie. I'm not. Because I always feel like I need a shower after I watch it. Um, we, we need to keep that water bill down. Um, I, I don't know. It's a booty call. <laughs> Can I just call it a booty call? Uh, I think that would be it. I'll watch it if you put it on. No, you would, won't. You'll play on your phone. You may be right about that. This is one of those movies that no matter how many times I've watched, I always feel like I missed something. Like there's some hidden thing. Like I spent this last time that we watched it, like when uh, when the hitchhiker rubs blood on the side of the van, it looked intentional. Like was he marking the van? And so I spent the rest of the film looking for something similar to what he had kind of, you know, art clown finger painted on the side of their van and never did see it. Mm-hmm. so maybe I'm looking for significance in something that's just not there uh, but yeah I feel like there's there's got to be more than what I have seen so far mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah like it would. Yeah, I don't know like I guess I'm not articulate enough to express it I always feel like I'm missing something when this movie is over like there was something in there there's some little hidden nugget or easter egg and I just didn't catch it mm-hmm. so I guess I'll just fuck it okay what do you think
1: Um, I know that I stated that this is not a film I keep in regular rotation because again, I feel like it induces a certain mood, and you have to be in a certain mood to watch it. That being said, I still, this is a Mary for me, 100%, because when I do, I, I'm just fascinated every single time I put it on, of everything that was accomplished with the low budget that they had, with their limited resources, and just kind of marveling in its beauty, like that, which we didn't talk about the grand finale of Sally getting away in the back that truck that that sunset is so beautiful and in leather you know dancing around with this chainsaw in the air it's a gorgeous shot i i love it so much
0: and wasn't that chainsaw dance like an ad lib from Gunnar hansen i think it was i think toby hooper was like do something and he did that yeah which is iconic
1: oh my god shut up Anyway, <laughs> but that's the thing that that I, I mean, again, I know I'm going back to talking about the things that I love about it. I, I realize that, but I'm fascinated every single time that I watch it. Like like Travis was just saying, I find something new, I feel like, every time I watch it. So for that reason, it's a Stone Cold classic. It is iconic, and I fucking love it, and I want to marry that bitch. I want to make this legitimate. <laughs> You're going to make an honest woman out of them. And so my final thought is, is if for some reason you've never, you know, if newer films are more your style, this was not your era. So you, you don't know. Please, please, please. It, Give it a chance. It It's such a good good film. It really, really is. If
0: nothing else, you can watch this and see sort of the bones of where most of our modern slashers came yes. from. Yes, yes. Because I'll go back to my other point. I feel like a lot of credit gets given to Halloween for being like the birth of the modern slasher, but I would argue that uh, a lot of it came from Chainsaw. I think that Halloween borrowed, at least heavily. <laughs> I wouldn't say heavily, heavily, in part. But they did borrow from Chainsaw, and I think a lot of films just kind of copied it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre almost established the formula, you know. You got a bunch of throwaway characters, you got your final girl, you got your your antagonist that can't die. I mean, it kind of laid the groundwork for what came after. Yeah, so. So if nothing else, watch it for that. Yeah, so you would recommend it? I would recommend it. Okay, cool.
1: Glad we're on the same page.
0: Recommend you drink a lot when you watch it. Too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so next week we are handing out our final Easter egg before we move on to what is officially our our fourth season, I guess. Yeah. yeah
0: so season.
1: our uh, our final Easter egg is going to our very 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 best friend Renee Hunter Vasquez of Podmortem. I-, I have I've probably told her ad nauseum in the last few months, but she really is one of my best friends. You don't. Don't ever expect to not only meet people that you would consider your idols, but them turn out to be the most decent human beings you will ever meet in your life. And so I got to meet a hero and I'm now happy to call them one of my very best friends in the world. Um, Don't know where I would have been in the last few months without her and JP and Travis, but I wanted to tell Renee thank you from the bottom of our hearts and for that we are giving you creep show yay <laughs> i was like travis anything dad i didn't i didn't realize you were gonna
0: put me on the spot like that <laughs> you're just calling me out uh yeah yeah no we did and you had met you had met up with them before but uh the first time i actually got to meet uh, t and renee and jp in person was at texas frightmare which we didn't talk about we no did go to texas that, that's, a, that's a
1: pillow tuck topic
0: so <laughs> all right well that's a thing that we did we'll talk about some other time not here <laughs> But
1: all right. Nothing, nothing else to add on that subject.
0: Well, I mean, you kind of shut me down. So, <laughs> You're like,
1: I, I like, I like your Renee. Good job. Yeah. This, this movie's for you. <laughs> no,
0: they're all great. Everybody's great.
1: And wait and to
0: quote them. Everything's pizza.
1: Everything is pizza. Yes. <laughs> so, um, see, on- we do
0: listen to your show. <laughs>
1: On that note, <laughs> one more huge, huge thank you for Dr. Wolfela, Sid McClanahan, for being a great friend to the show, being a great friend to, to us, to me, um, being very supportive of our show, plugging our show, um, and again, just being a a decent fucking human being. We c- We cannot thank you enough. And while we're on that subject, I want to go ahead and say... If you have never heard of Dr. Wolfila, please go to his channel and subscribe. I've been a happy patron for years now, and I, you know, as long as he has it, I'm going to do it. I will support his channel no matter what. But I also want to give a quick shout out. This was something we did in the beginning of the show, and we stopped doing it because we kind of ran out of content creators. But I also want to give a big thank you to We Watched a Movie and Gory Bits both, because same, everything that we've been going through in the last few months. They have been incredibly kind. So do those guys a solid subscribe to their YouTube channels. They have great shit. We watched a movie. They are funny as fuck. Like I, I have been brought out of many a bad day from watching their skits and their reviews. Um, and gory bits takes, uh, different horror heroes and takes only the best sections out of the movie. So you can relive all those great parts. Um, yeah, give those guys your subscriptions, please, please, please. But yeah, next week, talking about Creep Show. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, Travis, nothing else? He's just looking at no, me like,
0: I think you got it all.
1: Shut up, woman.
0: I think you got it me, well, you I've, told had, me uh, I've had too
1: much gin. I'm ready for bed.
0: <laughs> well, you told me before we started, like, listen, you need to shut the fuck up because <laughs> I'm going to do some talking. And so I have, and you did. <laughs> just don't hit me when we stop recording. <laughs>
1: So, I'm Ashley. I'm Travis. Thank you for listening to Dead and Married. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dead and Married. A special thank you to William Rush, Gary Horton, Carissa, Kent Morton, Kate Lamp, Lala Thomas, and Podmortem for being our patrons. If you would like to support our channel, head over to patreon.com slash deadandmarried to find out how. We would also like to thank Alana Miller for composing Dead and Married's theme. You can find Alana's channel, Alana Llama, on YouTube. And last but not least, you can find us on X and Instagram as SpookyMom83 and TravisL80, as well as our official pages. Thank you again, everyone, for your support.